and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, the now and then safety of being hidden with Christ in God. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. In seventh and eighth grade, and I apologize in advance to all the music teachers in our congregation, who are many, I was to learn the trombone. I picked it. But at that stage in my life, the guys I hung out with, music was not cool. So I had very unimpressive, unremarkable two years of learning to read music and learning to play a trombone. I didn't practice enough. Again, because I thought it was not cool. Now, all these years later, many, many times, I've so regretted that I didn't learn how to read music and I didn't learn how to play an instrument like the trombone. It was my poor choice. It would be fun to know how to do that now and it could be very useful in serving Jesus Christ, but I didn't learn. But then again, if I did learn anything that I did learn, if I didn't use what I had learned to play the trombone, I would lose it, right? Maybe some of you look at things above and setting your mind on them and seeking things above is just something the pastor ought to do so he can feed us every Sunday morning. Or maybe you think that setting your mind on things above or seeking things above is something your wife can do. Or maybe you once did seek things above and you once did set your mind on things above earlier in your Christian life, but you've come to see it as not being so cool. And so you've neglected that. When I neglected the little bit of trombone I did learn, I lost everything I ever knew about playing a trombone. When a Christian neglects anything he or she has learned from things above about Jesus and what he or she has in Jesus, you can forget. But you know what? The truth of the matter is that if I wanted to learn to play the trombone right now or any other musical instrument, I could. I could pick it up if I worked very hard and had someone helping me, maybe. But it would take a major restructuring, refocusing of my free time. Maybe you seeking things above and setting your mind on things above is just the same. Maybe you could say to God, I'll do it. Help me reorganize my orientation and my priorities of my free time to set my mind on things above and to seek things above. That's your choice just like it would be my choice to learn to play a musical instrument in my more advanced years. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. It's a choice. A reality, we're dead and resurrected with Christ. An orientation, we are to seek and to set our minds on things above. Third, a safety. A safety. The safety for you this morning is being hidden with Christ in God. Do you see it there in 3B? And your life is hidden with Christ in God. I brought some things along here. This is an egg. Yeah, it's got a nice tan, it's summer. (laughs) 
And this egg has a little face on it and some hair because when you're bald, you always put hair on anything you can. And this is either a a lovely sister in the Lord or it's a nice brother in Christ who's more of a surfer dude because it's got long hair. So this is you. You are made in God's image. God is three in one. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. You are body, soul, and spirit, one you. You are made in God's image, three in one. There are things in life that come along that are hammers, doubt, fear, difficult situations, health problems, parenting problems, money problems. There are things that come around in life, losses, things that come along in life that want to hammer you, temptations to sin, having the Holy Spirit but not relying on him and operating out of your flesh. This world system trying to squeeze you into its mold to think like it thinks that leaves Jesus out of everything. Fearing that you'll lose your salvation if you mess up. These are hammers. Accusations from Satan. He's an accuser. Ever do this to you? Oh, you say you're a Christian? Do you think a Christian would think that thought? Do you think a Christian would do what you just did? Do you think a Christian would say what you just said? Accusation, accusation, accusation. There are hammers that threaten you. This is not hard-boiled, which doesn't make you feel any better, does it? But when you are hidden with Christ in God, you're safe. And he keeps barraging you with false guilt, with fleshly ideas with accusations that you can't really be saved or that you can lose your salvation. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You're safe. You are so safe. Satan and his demons, they can harass you, but you are under the pot. You are hidden with Christ in God And so what have we seen so far? We've seen three things so far. We've seen a reality that we are dead and resurrected with Christ. Second, we've seen an orientation that we are to be seeking things above, heavenly truths about God, ourselves, and salvation. And we are to be setting our minds on those invisible but true things. And third, we have seen a safety. Because our lives are hidden with Christ in God, just like those children exiting the Congo for their lives... They were hidden with each other under a tarp in the truck. And when the truck got across the Congo border to the neighboring country and the rebels had no authority over that borderline, they were safe because they were hidden with each other by their parents in the truck. And so we have a reality, we have an orientation, we have a safety, and last we have a hope. And the hope is that when Jesus Christ returns... 
in a visible way, which will be the second coming of Christ after the seven years of tribulation. The first coming of Christ, which starts the seven years of tribulation, is not visible to the world. It happens in the twinkling of an eye. We're caught up together to be with Christ forever in the air and the rapture return. That's not the return I'm talking about. I'm talking about the return in verse four when Christ, who is our life, is revealed to everybody on earth. Jesus Christ will be revealed to everybody on earth, believer and non-believer, at the second coming of Christ. Listen, Revelation 19, 11 to 14. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. That's Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, that is, crowns. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, his blood shed for your forgiveness of sins. When Jesus Christ comes a second time, visible to the whole earth, to defeat and to bind Satan into a pit for a thousand literal years, he'll be on a white horse, but his robe will be stained with his blood that was the blood that washed and keeps washing away your sins and mine. Amazing. But he won't come alone. Verse 14, and the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. That's you and me. When Jesus rides in at the second coming event on a white horse with blood-stained garments, we are with him as his armies from heaven, the redeemed of the church age, the redeemed from the tribulation, angels, And we won't be clothed in anything blood-stained. We will be clothed in white, fine linen because we have been robed in Jesus' righteousness, declared acceptable in the beloved, forgiven. No accusation against us can stand because we're in Christ. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. Now, don't think that we come as armies from heaven dressed in white to be behind our general Lord and Savior, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ on the white horse to help him win. (laughs) We're just spectators. It says later in this chapter that with the word of his mouth, he slays all his opponents. With the word of his mouth, the same word that Jesus Christ spoke into existence, creation, out of nothing. And so this is our hope, church, that when the armies of heaven, the church believers, the tribulation converts, the Old Testament believers, and the good angels, when we form these armies from heaven and come in the train following the white horse upon which the King of kings and Lord of lords comes to set the record straight by the word of his mouth, it's because our lives have been hidden with him in God. And now, today's ministry spotlight. It's great this morning to have Brother Anthon Wallace with us in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. Brother Anthon is serving as our music director at Calvary Bible Church and doing an excellent job. We just are grateful to him each week. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Uh, let's chat a little bit about worship, uh, brother. Uh, wh- what is worship? Worship is ascribing worth to God. It's the gathering up of all that we are and giving it 
back to God, all of the gifts that he has given to us and offering it back to him as the source of all the blessings that we receive. It's the praise, the thanksgiving for the blessings of God. It's living a life that really is saying thank you to the one who created us, who redeemed us through the offering of his son, Jesus Christ on the cross, and is saying that all of who I am is going to be given back to God for the many blessings that he has poured out in my life and for the fact that he alone is God and he alone is worthy of being worshipped, adored, praised, blessed, honored, respected, obeyed, and the list goes on and on. Yes, amen. <laughs> I totally agree. What is music's part in worship? That's uh, something that in my mind needs to really be carefully addressed in the church because we sometimes can confuse music with worship and worship with music. And they're two totally separate things. Music can aid in worship, but music in and of itself is not worship. We use this gift from our Heavenly Father, this gift from Him, and we convey thoughts, we convey truths about who God has revealed Himself to be in creation, in scripture, and we're taking this art form and we're using it to offer glory to God. I love that. So it's, we can't really say of the music segment of a, of a worship service, now is our time to worship. Exactly. It's just a part of it. And many Christians, we do connect, I think, best with God through this art form because that's the way he has wired us. While other believers may not connect with God through music primarily. And that's okay. You, you know, we're all made differently. Some people would connect better with God by just opening the scriptures and reading it or hearing it. Some would connect better with them through prayer or through communion. That's all okay, you know, through giving. So yes. some, the best part of a service for some believers is the offering time. Yes. We have to not uh, confuse, you know, music with worship and worship with music. But we can worship God through music. Excellent. Does Calvary Bible Church have a philosophy of worship or music? Yes, our philosophy of music and worship is that we follow what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, being filled with the Spirit, speaking with one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we have a blended form of worship when it comes to music in, in the local church that takes the best of and you can't get any better than the Psalms because that's the inspired, you know, word of God, um, the ancient hymn book that God has preserved for us in Scripture. And so we, we like to always honor God by reading these uh, inspired texts in our worship and uh, using that as much as possible as the springboard, if you may, into our singing songs and, and playing songs. But then there are also hymns. And um, we know that, you know, hymns, they paint a wider portrait of who God is. And um, it's a rich tradition handed down to the church. And there are spiritual songs, what we would perhaps call contemporary worship songs today, the new songs that the Spirit of God continues to 
to birth through men and women whom he has uh, gifted um, with uh, the uh, talents and abilities to, to write songs and compose songs. So we bring the best of scripture, psalms, hymns, the you know the, the the faith that was handed down to us uh, through men and women like Charles Wesley and Fanny Crosby and so forth, um, and they they paint a very great portrait of who God is and His work um, in the world, uh, and especially His His, his work um, through Jesus Christ. And then the new sp- um, scriptural songs, the spiritual songs that. Uh, today help us to appreciate God um, through modern expressions, uh, if, you, if you may, of, of, of music today, but still the truth conveyed in there would help uh, believers to still connect with God in worship. Thank you. I appreciate you helping us understand those things. Um, what are some of the opportunities that are here at our church for born-again believer musicians to plug into? Well, we have a choir, um, a multi-generational choir. Uh, we start right at um, grade seven level, um, right on up to Grammy and Grandpa, <laughs> all <laughs> serving together. And we have a praise teams, um, and we have special music, soloists and duets and so forth. Of course, musicians uh, play a great role as well. And so there are opportunities each week for persons to plug in to the music ministry, either as an instrumentalist and or a vocalist. Yes, we're very blessed. God has given us people who walk with him that have great talent when it comes to music and marvel at that every Sunday, really. What qualifies a musician to serve Christ within the Calvary Bible Church family or anywhere else? Yes, the two words that I like to think of is, the first one is art. Do you have the skill? Mm -hmm. And the second word I like to think of is heart. Are you indeed a person whose life has been surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ? And once you have the skill, the ability, and you have the testimony of being a believer in Jesus Christ, we have a place uh, for you to serve in the music ministry at Calvary Bible Church, one who is surrendered to the Lord and one who has the skill. Those are the two qualifications. That is a wonderful combination when God uh, endows both. It truly is. This is great to visit. Uh, Brother Anthon, what else might you like to say or feel you should say to our listeners this morning? Well, as a music minister in the local church, I think that we need to take our responsibility very seriously when it comes to leading God's people in worship. Uh, It reminds me of the psalm where it showed the procession of the singers and the musicians going into the temple. And, you know, God has given those of us endowed with the gift of music the privilege of leading others uh, into his presence Yes, through praise and thanksgiving. And we need to ensure that our lives are consecrated, set apart, holy for for the Lord and for him to use us. It's very disheartening uh, to even think of persons who 
would have such a leading role uh, publicly, but privately, you know, our lives can can contradict, you know, what we're saying publicly, or or even you know to uh, have individuals who um, are involved in music ministry and it's such a high profile kind of ministry, but yet their testimony on the job or elsewhere in public yes. just contradicts what, what is being shared on stage through mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And so it, what I would like to convey strongly is that we who are given this, this privilege of ministering to the Lord and to his people, that our lives are uh, also lined up with scripture and not just make this a performance-based ministry, but one that is really demonstrating the fact that we do love the Lord Jesus Christ and we do love his people and our lives line up with the truths of scripture. What a wonderful ambition and uh, what a wonderful priority to have as a servant leader in the area of music in our local church. We love you and your family and we thank you so much for your faithful service to the King of Kings. Thank you, Pastor Robin. God bless you and your ministry as well. Wonderful. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious and exalted God, we thank and praise you for the gift of opportunity to worship you and to worship you in our individual hearts, the altars of our individual hearts and our families' altars as well each day. But then, Lord, the incredible privilege of coming together with brothers and sisters in Christ each Lord's Day to corporately uh, give us the opportunity to serve you through worship and music. And Lord, we just pray that the ministries of this local church that are uh, saturated in, in music would be true to your word, would be authentic in testimony and daily lifestyle, and would point us to your excellencies, your wonders, your perfections. Lord, uh, thank you for what you are doing uh, by the way of worship at Calvary Bible Church. Please bless uh, Brother Anthon Wallace and all of those with whom he serves to the end that much will be made of Jesus through our worship and music. And we do pray in Jesus' precious name together. Amen. 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 And now, the Bible's answers to your questions. I have an interesting question here I'll seek to answer. And the question is, what are the plans of the current pastoral leadership of Calvary Bible Church to the raising up of future pastors to lead in the congregation? And I'm really excited to report that we have an ordination class that has just begun and it includes uh, several of our men, many of whom are, are younger than older. <laughs> uh, there are 12 or 13 men in the class, depending. And we're going to study over several months in three areas. We're going to study Bible knowledge, we're going to study theology, and we're going to study practical pastoral care case studies. And this ordination class will, as I've said, go on for several months. We don't know exactly how long it'll be. We'll stick with it as long as it takes to learn what we need to learn. And at the end of successfully going through the class, each member of the class will be given the option of having an oral interview by the other established pastors of our church 
and to see, to test for proficiency in the three areas that have been covered, Bible knowledge, theology, and practical pastoral care case studies. When a man is orally examined, there will be three possible outcomes. One, he will pass. Uh, two, he could pass with qualification. And three, he could fail. The pass with qualification would be that if everything uh, checks out satisfactorily, but there's one particular area where further study is needed, then the, the gentleman would be told what that area or those areas are, and then he would apply himself to studying further to brush those areas up, be re-examined orally just on the portions that he was to study over again, and then see what the outcome is on that second oral interview. A, a fail uh, does not mean that a person who fails an oral exam will be cast aside and disqualified and, and no longer considered because the men that are in the class have been selected by hand uh, based on their hearts, based on their character, based on their life. And so the knowledge part of this is important, but it's not going to mean that if a man, for whatever reason, doesn't pass his oral exam, that we're just going to eliminate him and not consider him for a pastor going forward. He will have the option, depending on what's needed, of going through the ordination class in its entirety again, or perhaps just attending certain classes that would be at the discretion of the current pastoral board. But all that being said, I think it's very exciting that these men are are willing to be in the ordination class when they've been approached. And we've already had our first class, and it's been great to see their input, their eagerness, their keen minds, and their desire to put Bible truth into action. So I'm very excited to be a part of that as the teacher. And all of it really reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, which says, And these things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so really this is a New Testament principle, what we're doing, and we're looking forward to whenever that day is that we can ordain several new uh, pastors to join the existing pastors here at Calvary Bible Church. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a Savior.